0: That's the powerful thing about building a personal brand is that a lot of times, especially when it comes to courses and like maybe you wanna create a course that you've seen a similar topic already been done before and that makes you think like, oh, I shouldn't do it. Don't like, don't think that way because a lot of times people aren't necessarily just buying the content, they're buying you as the instructor. They like you, they want to learn from you. um, And maybe they connect with you because of your story or whatever over somebody else. Who maybe even is way bigger than
1: you? You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass
2: people that inspire us endlessly.
1: The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only, and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. We're so glad you're here. This is going to be a good episode. We got Amy Tullesred with us, and she is a nutritional therapy practitioner, digital nomad, online course creator, and an unrealistic goal achiever. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that <laughs> <I'm a laughs> she says yeah. that. Yeah, I feel I feel that. <laughs> she helps freedom loving wellness entrepreneurs build six figure online businesses through creating their own online courses and passive income. She's been featured in Forbes, a Mind Body Green, and Teachable, and we're just so thrilled to have her on. This was when we saw this pop up on our schedule, we were like, yes. We were so <laughs> excited for that conversation with Amy.
2: Yeah, Amy's someone I've been following for quite a long time. She really kind of built her business in a different way concurrently. And mm-hmm. we graduated from the nutritional therapy program. Um, really close together as far as timing is concerned. But seeing her jump straight into really equipping wellness entrepreneurs to growing their businesses has been just beautiful. She's so gifted in it. And it really shows in this episode how naturally that comes to her. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely loved our conversation because I think obviously you guys already know we spilled the beans. We're going to be releasing an online course. And so many of the things that we face as as online business owners and entrepreneurs or, or service-based business owners is struggling to figure out what are those different channels of passive income that we're going to be bringing into our businesses. And courses are often something that pops up, You know, growing our email list is really important. And we kind of touch on all of that in this episode. Yeah. Um, as and we really get into her really, journey, too. Yeah. And ways to really scale your business. And I definitely I asked her some really pointed questions about like, how did you grow this and what did your numbers look like? Because I know that's what people want to hear. I want to hear it.
1: Yeah. I want to know. Yeah. I want to know the nitty gritty details.
2: And she didn't hold back, man. Yeah. And so obviously like you guys go dig into her content she does a really great job of sharing on instagram again she's one of my favorite people to follow when it comes to business resources she gives a lot away for free like a, a lot um and then she also has some really incredible and very affordable courses to help you grow your business and uh yeah i'm stoked to have her in this episode we're definitely gonna have to have her back to talk more about passive income building in the future so look forward to that but we hope you enjoy today's episode Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Rebel Heart Radio. We have Miss Amy from Rebel Nutrition here with us this week, and we're very excited. Um, I've been following along on your journey for a very long time from when you created your first online course many years ago. I mean, it must have been like, what, three or four years ago?
0: Yeah, I think probably about four years ago now almost, which is crazy.
2: Yes. And about
1: two years ago, she introduced you to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you need to watch this girl. Um, and
2: I, it's just been so, I, I, we were talking before we started recording, but just about how approachable your journey has been as a business owner and someone who's kind of in this space and and being unapologetic about taking the strategy of like, hey, I just did this. See one, do one, create one. I'm going to teach you how to do it now. And it doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't have to be polished, but we need to be putting this information out there for people to consume and diversifying what we're offering as business owners and obviously we're in a really interesting time, an unprecedented time during this global pandemic and we're all forced to, you know, be safe and be at home and, you know, for those those of us that are privileged enough to be able to make that choice. And I think now we're in this place of all of us kind of scratching our heads and being like, "Well, what now?" you know, for those of us who maybe had a service-based business. And I know you work with a lot of health coaches. Our audience is a ton of health coaches um, and NTPs. And so I, uh, for those of, of that group who are in a place of, you know, having to pivot now from being maybe an in-person and service-based business, like, how do we get started in this online space? Like, what now? What do we do? <laughs> um yeah yeah i feel like that's what i've been hearing from everybody it's it's
0: kind of funny because a couple years ago i got really into this building an online business just out of the just out of the pure need for me like as a rebel (laughs) to not want to really live by anybody else's schedule and just kind of like if i wake up in the morning and i feel like working that day cool i can work if i wake up one day and i want to take the day off i can also do that so Um, Now, obviously, it's really paying off for me, but I think everybody now is kind of coming around, especially with everything that's going on right now, everybody's kind of coming around to the idea that like this is our new normal so how can we if we were doing like a service-based business before how can we create something online so that if god forbid anything like this happens again you know you're feeling more secure about your financial situation so um i really i really love sharing this message with people um, on how to get started and like you said i i think what the message that i try and portray to people is like look if you look back at some of my stuff a couple years ago I mean, I look at it now and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so bad. Like, what was I doing? My graphics are horrible (laughs) because I did them all myself. Like, Mm -hmm. I just kind of, I like to show people that evolution because I want people to know that like, wherever you're at right now is fine and you're only going to improve, but you have to take that first step. You have to be brave enough to just be willing to put yourself out there and just know that like, it's not going to be perfect right now. It's actually never going to be, but it's all Mm -hmm. about uh progress and not perfection. So that's kind of my Mm -hmm. my message.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, go ugly early has always been kind of my mentality. Is <laughs> yes. just get it out there. Like, yeah. I mean, get the ugly out before you have a big audience. You know, because <laughs> and, and truth and truth be told, like I feel like so much of what this is is so creative in some ways because you know, like the digital content and can be so visual and and for me, I'm such an audiophile. I mean, it really matters to me like quality. And I keep getting told over and over again is that you know your standards of quality are a little different than a lot of people's. And so you're and especially when it's your own creation, you're going to be so much more critical. Mm-hmm. You know than And everybody else that's viewing it is like, wow, I see this, it's so great, or I love the information that's here, or this does this for me, and not that placement was wrong. Yeah. Why did I do that? No, totally. (laughs) Why did they do that?
0: I I think that perfectionism is literally the number one thing that prevents people from taking action on their business is that thinking that it needs to be perfect before they put anything out into the world. Like in a, a lot of times I'm like People, I think, that aren't as perfectionistic are able to make bigger strides in their business because they aren't held back so much by that. And they're only going to improve as long as they keep keep creating. So I totally agree. Yeah.
2: So in relation to like the first course that you made, what was it that made you make a course in the first place? And how did you know what you were going to make a course about?
0: Yeah, that's such a good question. So I, when I graduated as an NTP, I was taking one-on-one nutrition clients and I realized after seeing multiple clients and being pretty, pretty busy with my one-on-one clients that I was attracting a lot of the same people. So I've kind of found myself going over the same types of things with a lot of different people. So to be specific, I was attracting a lot of, um, like women in in the, their mid 20s with like adrenal fatigue over exercising maybe some like past past of dieting and restriction um, so like hormonal issues and things like that so I was attracting a lot of the same types of people going over the same types of of recommendations and content with a lot of them and I was hearing them telling me a lot of the same things and so I started to mm-hmm. kind of spin my wheels about like how can I how can I really work smarter and not necessarily harder? How can I Mm. turn a lot of this information into a resource that I can share with anybody who's having these similar problems and reaching a lot more people and helping a lot more people and also making a lot more money (laughs) with a lot less energy. Um, because honestly mm-hmm. at that time I was actually getting quite exhausted from seeing one on one clients. I loved them, but it was like, it's a lot of energy. I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen clients yourselves and it's, it's a lot of output. It's a lot of energy to be seeing even for mm-hmm. me more than one client a day was pretty exhausting. So I was like, There's, yeah. I have to figure out a new way to make my business sustainable. And so that was kind of the way that I, found the idea of creating an online course and then it all just sort of spiraled from there. So my first online course was on adrenal fatigue. So. Mm.
1: Yeah. I love that. So like this evergreen resource. So you didn't repeat yourself a million times. Mm -hmm. Ultimately that's kind of what started our podcast. Yeah. Like, you know, between the aesthetician and then the NTP side, like we were, we were like, hey, when we first started doing subjects, we were like, what do we find ourselves saying over and over and over again? And we're like, let's do that first. No, totally. And we still reference it. And there's like what 100 episodes ago, I was like, <laughs>
0: that's you know, and, that, and that's a perfect point too. Like if you're getting started and maybe you're not ready to make an online course, but you're just trying to think about like what type of content to create for your audience or to build an audience, just start thinking about the questions that people ask you all the time, and then that way you're still not repeating yourself over and over again to people in DMs or whatever. You can literally just link them to that podcast that you did or link them yes. to that blog post that you wrote. So it's really about conserving your energy as a business owner um, and working smarter and not harder.
2: A hundred percent. And I think that goes for content on Instagram or a blog or on a podcast or wherever, like create, your, create yourself some sort of evergreen resource to point people to. Um, And that's going to be building, you know, obviously, hopefully a passive income stream for you in the future. And so much of like creating a course is kind of trickling out that information initially, sharing that and seeing what kind of response you get in terms of. Yeah. So and then I mean, the course that came after that, I feel like from my perspective, was a big break for you, right? Because next was Digital Nomad Nutritionist. Is that right?
0: Well, so actually, it's funny, but before Digital Nomad Nutritionist, I kind of, um, and this just gives you insight into like how many different business ideas I've had over time. But before Digital Nomad Nutritionist, I actually had a course called The Monetized Minimalist. And that was about like, because at the time I was a mega minimalist living in a hut, like really budgeting to get out of debt so that I could... Start pursuing my dream of traveling the world so it was like kind of out of left field but that was kind of my next course after that and that was a big breakthrough for me too because it was kind of my intro into like teaching online business and teaching money making strategies as well and i saw the response from that and how much again other people were like oh my gosh i need this information i feel the same way that you do like wanting to get out of your nine to five and so that really just lit a fire under me and like helped me transition into talking more about business from there on out so yeah
2: I love that that's amazing and so in those early days for you when you were in that minimalist space like what was it that allowed you to pay down debt and how did you simplify in order to be able to move to the next level I think that's something a lot of people are considering Um, and I don't like, I think that message it's so fresh. I know it was like however many years ago and it was just a different stage of life for you, Mm -hmm. but I think it's so fresh. So many of us are like, okay, I need to get out from under this mountain of student loan debt, of credit card debt, of car debt, whatever it is. And, uh, I think the, the unfussy and very simple slash slash. Not very pretty answer is like minimizing your expenses and maximizing your income. It's mm-hmm. so like, what did you start to explore as far as like maximizing your income and starting to create some multiple income streams for yourself?
0: Yeah, I mean, so at that point, I mean, aside from just because, like you said, the downsizing and the minimizing like the bills and all of that, that was part of it. But then at the same time, maximizing my income. So at that time I was working a full-time serving job, but I was also seeing, um, seeing clients and I was also working on a course. So I kind of just had to, yeah, it was very, it was a lot at once, but I kind of just had to hold the vision of like, this is going to work out for me. I'm going to be able to like, once my course launches my adrenal fatigue course, I'm going to be able to be making enough passive income, um, to scale my business and quit my full-time job. So I kind of like held that vision, but I was seeing one-on-one clients, Uh, virtually at the same time. Um, So yeah, I, I think kind of focusing on like, multiple income streams at that point, because at that point, I really didn't know what thing was going to work. I was like, okay, if my course doesn't work out, I still have one-on-one clients at least. So at least I can be making money that way. Um, I also added on, like I became a beauty counter consultant. So I literally, there was like multiple things that I was doing at once, which was a lot. Don't get me wrong. But I, I knew I was like, something's going to work out. And luckily, I mean, all of those really kind of came together. My courses are still above and beyond like my main source of income, but it was definitely combined enough for me to be able to quit my, my full-time job, which was awesome.
1: I think that ability to not put all our eggs in one basket Mm -hmm. is such a like a modern concept, but it might be kind of specific to our generation, but I feel like it's going to be applicable from like now on. (laughs) It's like, you know, you can't because I mean, like my husband during this whole stuff, he lost his job, he was laid off and he was our consistent paycheck. And I've been the like filler, Mm -hmm. you know, because my income is so inconsistent. It's very like cyclical almost. And it put us in this place of like, and he knew this, but it also put him in this place of like, I need to not be the only person that's bringing in multiple streams. Like, I feel like every person needs that option and they need that ability. And so sometimes the best way to do it is just kind of do it like do all of it. Like if you got the idea to do it, do it, like see how it goes and see what takes off. I mean, it was that, that way with me, the consultations with skincare consultations is like, I put it out there and was kind of like timid. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how this is going to work. It is service-based and that kind of makes me uncomfortable because I don't like doing the trade for dollars, but I didn't have anything like that available at the time. And I do love the one-on-one connection. I know you said you did like that too. And I, I really put a ton of boundaries around it and kind of stepped into it really like Okay, here we go. And I thought it was gonna like peter out. I was like, hey, the people that are interested are gonna get it and then they're and then it's and then it's gonna, you know, I'm gonna have very few people interested, but it's snowballed over time and I was like, Oh, okay, okay, okay. So now this means then let's have a conversation around making like proper boundaries around that so I can have the time to do like the digital content that I wanna do and have the time around like building the other income streams like with beauty counter. And I think there's so much freedom in having that diversity. That it's like, if you don't feel that diversity, then let's have a conversation around how that could be that way for you. You know, you know, did you find that courses were um, a a specific type of income for you? And was it cyclical? Did you find like, how did that feed into your... Um I guess basket
0: <laughs> yeah I mean, so in a way, um until like maybe a year ago, it was still kind of cyclical because it would be I would make like a big chunk of money whenever I would launch essentially but then if i mm. if I wanted to take you know a break, I would maybe get like a few sales trickling in here and there but not not super consistent. I mean, it was still enough in those big chunks to like keep me going. Um, but then that's kind of when I transitioned into even more of a passive like evergreen model of like having having people be able to enroll um, in my courses whenever, so not just I love like that. when I'm launching. So I think even mm-hmm. that has provided even more stability, which is something that I'm, I'm starting to talk about a lot more. Now that I have so many people in my audience who have gone through my online course academy and created a course and, and seen that same thing, now I'm kind of talking about like, okay, how to make it more consistent. Because like you said, I mean, this whole, everything that's going on in the world right now, I think has just really brought it to people's attention that like maybe that quote unquote, secure paycheck that you had before isn't really that secure. And so if you weren't starting your business before, because you thought like you were so secure in your other job, well, now it's like, okay, not that isn't even that secure. Nothing is promised. So you Mm -hmm. might as well like take action on the business that you want to start because your secure job might not even be that secure anyway. So (laughs) go for it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Amen. I've seen a lot of people talking about how now we've got, you know, everyone's plan B is now their plan A. And hopefully some of this is kind of, you know, motivating people to take a real look at exactly what you just said. The things that you thought were stable, like having a consistent job at a restaurant. Like I was in the service industry for 15 years before I started my nutrition practice, grew my nutrition practice while I was still serving full time and being a pastry chef. Like this was, it was a lot. And you know for so long it took me a long time to let go and especially being in a cash industry it's really hard to let go of that Mm -hmm. because you have like you work in a day you have tangible money to take home that day Um, and decreasing my hours there and realizing that I'm the one who can actually create more stability than I have working for someone else, because I have some semblance of control. Obviously there's cyclical nature of retail and sales and, you know, but once you find that pocket and that niche that you're supposed to be in, things can really sail from there. And I, I think I would love for you to speak a little bit more to kind of this idea. I think you know, we can talk a lot about diversifying income streams, but I think even though you've diversified your income stream, you still are really super hyper-focused on, like, signature things that you offer. So how does someone balance or try to figure out, like, what are these signature things that I can offer? Um, and then kind of have some of these offshoots that can can bring in some income on the side as well. Because so I think a lot of what happens during a time like this you can get kind of distracted from what you sh- really should be offering to your people, and really honing in on it and niching down. and And um, it's nice to have that that breadth and depth of income in different places, but it can all be related to what your focus is. So, like, how did you figure out what what that focus was for you? And like how do we do the same?
0: Yeah. Well, I think really just kind of honing in on like what is currently making you money right now and focusing your energy there at least to start with. So for me, I, my, I mean, I, like I've talked about, I have multiple income streams, but my courses above and beyond, I mean, that's like where probably 90% of my income comes from are my courses. So of course, like I'm going to put most of my energy there. Um, I think, of course, it's really smart to have multiple streams because you never know, like, if there are going to be ebbs and flows in, in you know, whatever the main thing is, but really focusing your energy on, on the thing that's getting you the most return. So maybe you don't have an online course yet, but you know that, like every time you do a live training, you have five new clients that sign up. If that's the case um, and your email blasts, for example, are never getting any responses, then maybe focus more of your time and energy on the thing that is getting you a response, which are your live trainings. Um, so really paying attention to what people are responding to and listening to your audience. I think that's just the, the biggest thing is being really, really involved in your audience, asking them questions. and. Um, you know being there to answer theirs because they will tell you. I mean that's the thing is I think a lot of times in, at, in our businesses, we like to get really creative and like think what think we know exactly what people want and think like, oh, I just thought of this really creative new course idea, but it's like, did somebody tell you that they actually wanted that? Because um, a lot of times we're trying to overthink things and be super creative and like clever. Always, and like you don't need to be that clever. Just listen to what people mm-hmm. are telling you they want and make it for them. That's like been my business model. Is pretty much
2: listening, to people, it in. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, and that's what they will buy. So, um. well, and it's really clear too that you have ebbed and flowed with responding to those questions with the courses that you've made because like you said like the first one was like hey I'm dealing with adrenal fatigue and I am pulling myself out of that and learning how to adjust nutrition supplements lifestyle mindset whatever it is and let me also teach you what I just did and then the same thing with like You're monetizing minimalist and then digital nomad nutritionist. You're like, I'm going to teach you how to create what I just did. And you didn't wait for yourself to be an expert. You just said, hey, if I can do this, you can totally do this. Let me just teach you. Here's a resource. And obviously, I think a lot of that was in response to like your Instagram community and the people in your Facebook group. Like I've been in your Facebook group for a long time. (laughs) And those early days, there was so much chatter around Um, you know you leaning in and saying like hey what does everybody need right now and I think this is a really interesting time during this pandemic for us to have more time and space to be able to first of all answer that question well if we're a consumer and then ask that question better and more often if we're a business owner and we were just having a conversation with Lucia Holly about how a lot of our core values kind of come out during a time like this and, and get sussed out and we're able to kind of respond in relation to what those core values are. And yeah, I think you've just done uh, no, there's no question there. I'm just telling you, you've done a really good job (laughs) (laughs) at at that. Um, But I would love for you to go a little bit deeper into what kind of your journey was in transitioning from taking one-on-one clients into moving to more of an online course specific model and what that looked like for you. Because I know, I think we all get to that place of frustration where we're like, I can't keep doing this, but I want to make more money. Okay, now how? So what was some of the how that, that you did during that time to allow yourself to transition?
0: Yeah, well, first I will just say that I don't necessarily... I know it totally depends on the person, but for me, it actually helped me be less stressed when I was creating my first online course to still have other income streams coming in. So even though it was a lot of work to be working a full-time job, seeing clients and building a course at the same time, it made me feel less pressure about the course because I knew I still had that money coming in. So I maybe would just offer to people like you don't necessarily need to like quit everything and like go full full force because that might actually be really stressful on you. Um, So kind of (laughs) take it slow, I guess. I mean, take action. I think sometimes
2: people quit too early Mm
0: -hmm. and it's like, well,
2: Mm -hmm. you didn't create stability in your business before you just walked away from your other job.
0: Totally. And I mean, again, it totally depends on the person because I actually, after my first launch, I did quit my other job, which was a little bit scary still. But at that point I knew like, okay, if I continue to put more energy and effort behind this, it's only going to grow. Um, So just like, you know, think that through and make the, obviously the, the decision that feels best for you but the way that I kind of um do you want me to talk about sort of like the the creation process or I guess kind of what um
1: I would love to hear about the creation process because this is like very forefront of my mind as I'm exactly right that place where I'm like I want to create something that's evergreen something that's you know teachable, maybe even, or like, you know, I've got so many things that I want to do. I just, I'm at that house date. Yeah, you know I,
2: mean?
0: <laughs> I, I definitely, <laughs> I hear you. Um, So I think like the best place to start again, when it comes to, because you want to make sure before you start putting the time and effort into your course, like you want to make sure you're creating something that people actually want. So something that I like to do is anytime that I get a DM or a Facebook comment or an email, I will screenshot that and start putting it into a folder so that I have like my audience's exact phrases and exact words that they are using to either ask me, you know, an, for an answer about something or telling me that they want something. Basically, I want to know from their brain and in their own words, what they're wanting, because that can in turn create like the most epic copy for your sales pages, for your sales emails, because if then you're basically using the the verbiage and the words that they're using and saying it back to them, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, you're reading my mind. How do you know exactly what I want? Like take my money. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, "Well, you told me, Um, but I, but that just goes (laughs) back to a lot of times, like trying to be too clever in our businesses. And we're like thinking, of these cool phrases and words, or maybe I see this a lot with nutritionists um, using a lot of like insider language words that maybe your your audience doesn't even know yet, like HPA axis. Or they don't
1: connect. Yeah, to, like HPA axis
0: yeah. dysregulation. It's like, does your does your audience know I'm like what that what? means? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, only if your
2: market is practitioners. Right. If like. you're if you're
0: reaching if you're trying to reach other nutritionists and practitioners, then absolutely use that you know terminology. But otherwise, you're going to totally lose people.
1: That actually brings me to one quick like side note. So when you ask them, do you say, what do you want from me? I I sometimes as a consumer get really flustered when somebody asks that because I go, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself asking blanketed large questions like that? Or do you niche it down to at least like if you could hear anything about. Launching an e course, what would like do you get kind of specific like that, or do you like opening it up? Because I get overwhelmed as a consumer. I find myself not responding when somebody says, What do you want to hear from me? I'm like, Give me more. Yeah, no, I definitely (laughs) get
0: specific. So, just to give you a quick example, like yesterday, I asked on my Instagram, I said, what questions do you guys have about passive income? So like I I make it really specific. And I also, here's another little tip for you too. Like I also bribe people kind of, like I will say, Mm -hmm. I'm going to pick one person who answers this to send a gift card to, or to, Mm. you know, have a quick 15 minute call with, or something like that. Because what i've realized and what i've noticed is that if you give kind of people an incentive to answer you you're going to get way more responses than if you just say like what do you want to know because then you, you might get like a few questions oh but gosh not that's so broad super specific. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah like and i think nutrition and skincare can be kind of like that where it's like there's so much to talk Mm -hmm. about that it's like i almost have to niche down like what do you want to know about cleansers what do you want to know about like i have to get super specific well specific enough at least genre wise that i'm not overwhelming them too because otherwise i get really broad answers Mm -hmm. and then i'm like then i get overwhelmed and i've had to notice that like when i get overwhelmed that's and that that stress you were talking about like leaving your job if i create stress or friction around something I just kind of go <laughs> like I don't actually execute mm-hmm. so yeah it's, it's anyway. sort of the
0: same idea as like when you have so many ideas and so many so many things going through your mind that it's almost like analysis paralysis and then you don't do anything sure.
1: <laughs> like yeah your audience for sure feels the
0: same way if you aren't super specific with them
1: <laughs> yeah so like when in your creation of your courses and things because we were talking about the specifics like Where did you start after that? Like after you asked them what, like how, when you knew what people wanted, then what?
0: Yeah. So after I've kind of narrowed it down, narrowed down the topics and I, let's say at the point where I've actually nailed down, like, this is the topic that I want to do, I literally will just create a Google doc and I will kind of brain dump like any and everything that. Mm -hmm any and everything that like, I think would be great to put in this course. Now I definitely do not include all of that, but it just kind of helps yeah. me <laughs> like narrow down, yeah. like, oh, okay. These are, these are all of the steps that I want to go through with people. And I think that's another thing to think about if you're, if you're planning on creating a course, a lot of times you want to think about like the end result first, before you go back through and, and fill out your whole document. So like what is the specific end result that you are taking somebody to? Because the more specific that end result, the more clear you're going to be able to be in your marketing. Um, the more specifically you're going to be able to target people who want that offer. So, I mean, having a course that the course topic is something like, um, this is something I see a lot, just something really broad, like improve your nutrition and feel better in 30 days. It's like, Cassie's like, no, no, nobody, nobody knows you maybe in your mind. You know what that means, but your audience doesn't know what that means. So trying Mm -hmm. to be as specific, like, are they going to lose 10 pounds? Are they going to um, get their period back? Like something that's really specific um, and then going through and, and figuring out, okay, now what is the step-by-step protocol that's going to get them there um, without telling them everything I've ever learned, but like, what is the, what is the necessary information that they need?
1: To get to that, to result. Get to that the, result, the best, the best way I've seen this explained, I watched like a, a few years ago, this is how long I've been thinking about doing any course, this is where I am. Um, but a few years ago, I think it was from um, Lewis Howe it was like forever ago, he did this thing. And he was just like, look, you don't want to tell people that you're going to the east we're going to go to the east. He's like, you're going to tell them we're going to go to New York City. In fact, we might even go to Times Square. And you go, okay, I know I understand where I'm going. And, you know, he's like, you never just throw people in a car and say, we're going west, we're going east. We're, you know, it's so broad, like you have to get super specific so people can visualize it and look forward to it and work towards it. And I was like, that makes so much sense to be able to be so specific when you start to be able to get that vehicle to go where you need it to go well
0: totally and it's so much like sexier to your audience to be like we're going to new york city or this is what you're going to get at the end of it rather than like telling them the intricate ways that you're getting them there. like they don't really care as long as you get them to your to to the goal so that true. they want you know what i mean Hmm.
1: i love that so much bus nobody yeah, cares. Yeah. Whatever. Airplane, as long as you, you get know, me there, fine.
0: by the time I want to get there, that's all I care about. <laughs>
1: if I if I have a good time all the way yeah. there, fine. Okay. <laughs> so I love that.
2: I, so I think as like people are kind of kicking around ideas for online courses, as they're maybe like asking these questions and in Instagram stories, or maybe in their newsletter, they're asking for replies or whatever it is, you know, as we kind of are carving out this time and space to be like, okay, what do I need to even like create a course around? And Asking the right questions is key, but I think a big piece of it too is like dabble a little bit in sharing information that you would share in the course and see what kind of response you get back. So what's the best way to do that? Do you think it's a couple of Instagram posts, stories, webinars, like all of the above? How do we get started in sharing that information and trying to get some feedback?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that the best way to kind of like get your audience excited for your future course is to literally take them on the journey with you of creating it. Like the biggest launch that I ever had, it was because I, like the day that I thought of my course idea, which actually was Online Course Academy, until the two or three months later when I actually launched it, like every single day I was showing behind the scenes of like me working on the course or like uh, I'm going to share this little tidbit of like um, creating slides. Like I'm going to talk about that today. I would talk about something related to, so it was constantly top of mind for my audience. And they, if they had questions about it, they would ask me or they would just know like, Oh, she's creating this thing. It's coming soon. And they're kind of seeing the entire process. So it's, it's kind of a great, sort of indirect way of reminding people what's coming without constantly having to be like sign up for my sign up for my newsletter sign up for my VIP list sign up for this it's like it's it's kind of a more fun interactive way that seems a little bit more authentic not saying that you shouldn't have people sign up for your VIP list or email newsletter cuz I still think that's really important but you just don't need to be doing it like you know every single
2: day well i'm guessing well, think you it think it'll... it's important cuz you have a course about building your email list would you yeah. say I said, I'm guessing you think it's important because you have a course about building your email list. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely, I'm
0: very much, I think the email list is, I mean, that's like a totally different conversation we can get into if you guys want, but I also, I mean, I think that's very, very important. I mean, anybody who's on Instagram or Facebook knows that like the algorithm is not super reliable. So it's really important to have a platform that you own to be able to communicate Mm. with your people from. So yeah, I'm very, very much pro email list. (laughs) Don't get me wrong.
2: (laughs) so when you were sharing all the details behind your course did you were you talking about like what that course was going to be exactly about like all the content and what was to come and getting people excited in that way aside from just showing them the back end of like here's how I'm making slides and I'm making a course did you give them some like little snippets of information that they would get in the course
0: yeah yeah absolutely I mean I definitely when it comes to offering some like like offering a paid offer to people like an online course I definitely don't think that like it serves anybody to be super secretive about it like I was like this is the topic this is what I'm talking about today here's where you can go to learn more let me know what questions you have I would even sometimes like if somebody would ask me like how much is it going to be I'd be like I'm thinking it's going to be around twelve hundred dollars like I don't, I don't have any, you don't
1: I, pussyfoot around. No, I'm
0: like, if, <laughs> I want you to prepare yourself because if you want to buy it, yeah. like that's something you might You're have ready. to plan for, you know? Um, and, and so I think, yeah, like you don't need to be secretive. I think it's better to just be upfront. Mm-hmm. And if, if that doesn't work for somebody, then that's okay. Maybe that's not, you know, that person's not for you or for your course.
2: Yeah.
1: I, I think, also think it creates a little bit of a fan base too. It kind of gives them that, that time to kind of go, okay, she's, like, making moves, she's doing stuff, and I find that's also an opportunity for them to even, like, taken content that you did a while ago like back listen to podcasts or like because they're like oh she's doing stuff what have I missed you know and I, I have found even as a consumer that when I see somebody talking about something like kind of the build up I'm I'm, I'm back there rooting for them I'm like yeah like, and then hoping they'll have success and like I don't know there's something they're aligning
2: that. in your identity of this project mm-hmm. that you're creating and the other thing that you're showing them Amy as you share what you're sharing is is the value that they're gonna be getting because you are working really hard and for a while on this project, Mm -hmm. right? So when it comes out that it's like 1200 bucks, no one's questioning why it's $1,200. They're like, oh, she's been working on this for three months or two months or six weeks or whatever it is. And it's not even just the time spent. It's you showing that back end and what it takes to do it. Oh, and guess what? You're showing them how to create a course basically on the back end right. while you're teaching them how to create a course. Right. It's very, very meta.
0: And, well, I think it also is <laughs> is pretty cool because – There, I think the audience is seeing that, like, they have a piece in the creation of this course. Like, if somebody, Mm -hmm. if a lot of times I don't even, because now it's been a couple years since I created my first course, there are questions and things that come up that I forget about because I'm, you know, a little bit more, I mean, I'm, like, more progressed in my business, I guess, than, like, most of the people that I'm talking to. So they'll say, like, have a, a question that I just completely over you know you're like oh yeah like over, glossed over. yeah glossed over and I'm like mm-hmm. oh my gosh thank you so much like I'm gonna use that in this lesson and so it's kind of cool to have like be interactive in that way and and allow them to feel like they have a part in it because they do
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. I love that I'm already like ruminating over what I'm going to do around the online course that Jen and I are launching. Oh my God. I'm so, I'm so excited for you. guys. I am going to be secretive about that for like a minute and then I will share you. Yeah. Once
0: you, once you're like for sure about it and you know, it's aligned and it feels really good then yeah. Then you can totally share it.
1: That's exactly what it is when it feels aligned Mm -hmm. and it feels good. You're like, it's go time. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It's
0: the best when you're just so excited about it too, because I think that your audience knows like when you are passionate about something and you're creating something that you're really excited about that definitely like people can tell it's
1: hard to be quiet mm-hmm. yeah Absolutely. it's really hard to be quiet you want to like shout it from the rooftops of like <laughs> this is kind of cool yeah. yeah the first time I did digital content I, I created some templates and stuff like it was kind of scary but it was kind of like nervous-sided and I was just like it was impossible not to talk about it because I was just like look what I'm doing yeah. <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> and I think being able to talk about that naturally and just makes sense on a daily basis or as you work on a basis, it's more of like the documentation versus creation mm-hmm. in the low launch process. Yes. So
0: I love that. What does Gary Vee say?
2: It's like, uh, yeah, document, document. don't Document. Don't create. Don't create. Yep. Does it? Yeah, <laughs> I love yep. that. We are we Gary V all up in this mm-hmm. podcast. Yep, with that particular <laughs> phrase all the time because I think everyone gets so stuck on like what do I share and what do I share where and it's like we'll just start to document and then see what happens after that and I think mm-hmm. honestly that's where a lot of content creation is informed because you're coming from a place of you know okay well I, yeah I don't really know what I'm going to teach an online course about. But then as you're documenting your life, people are like, oh, well, how do you make your coffee? And it's like, oh, okay. I guess people want to know how to make coffee Um, or how to, you know, how how much water they need to drink in a day. Things exactly as you said, where even if it's not a case where you're like, oh, I'm further along in my business. So I'm not thinking of these back end questions anymore. It's also like a this is second nature to me, or, you know, this is comes so easily to me, but that doesn't come easily to everyone else. And that's something we experience. I think a lot of folks in the nutrition and health coaching space, you know, they forget that part of the FAQ in the beginning is literally like, tell people how much water they need to drink. Like this is the simplest thing and you can create content or a challenge or like a daily thing, or you're checking in with people like, have you had your water today? And things can be born of that. When you document, then you see what people are kind of leaning into. And the beautiful part of that is then, then you end up teaching something, whether it's in, you know, a live training, an Instagram live, a Facebook live, an online course, you end up teaching something that people want, you know, and it's been informed, but also guess what? It comes second nature to you because you do it every day.
0: No, totally. I think a lot of times people don't know what kind of content to create because they're like, my life is so boring. And it's like, okay, it might be boring to you, but people are insanely curious. And like, I don't know about you guys, but like sometimes I watch people's YouTube videos where they're just like making coffee and like doing random I don't know, I, was, I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, vlogs. They're just like, and I'm like, why am I watching this? I don't know, but I'm interested in the person, and that's that's the powerful thing about building a personal brand, is that a lot of times, especially when it comes to courses, and like maybe you want to create a course that you've seen a similar topic already been done before, and that makes you think like, oh, I shouldn't do it don't like don't think that way because a lot of times people aren't necessarily just buying the content they're buying you as the instructor they like you they want to learn from you Um, and maybe they connect with you because of your story or whatever over somebody else who maybe even is way bigger than you so you never
1: know I think that's limiting belief for a Mm -hmm. lot of people of like well nobody cares about me you know or like who am I to Mm -hmm. da 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 and and I think that um that was a place that I lived in for a really long time and then it took a lot of people being like speaking such wonderful affirmations into me to be like I am an expert I am good at this you know and it's like you almost have to have the affirmation all the time of like This is stuff people want to know, even if it's just like, you know, what's your daily routine like, even to the small stuff, because then they get to know you a little bit better and it helps them feel good about their purchase because they feel like they understand you and then they can understand your content you're making and that you're putting out into the world. I think it's kind of important to part of the personal brand part, Mm -hmm. the little stuff even.
2: Absolutely. Mm Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, I know you share a lot of this in your online course and on like how to create an online course, Online Course Academy, right? Is that Mm -hmm. what it's called? Yeah. So, but as far as like, just giving us a little snippet, like what are some things you do leading up to a launch? I know one thing that a lot of online course creators talk about is like taking in interest and money before the course is even created. Like do it while you're getting the thing done and then like do the deliverables later sort of a thing. And, um, I find that really interesting, but then also like, what are some activities that you do leading up to a launch to ensure the success of a launch? And maybe what were some of those things you did for your first course that you, like, and I remember you detailing in your podcast episode, I'll link it in the show notes for you guys on online course creation, uh, you know, around where you're like that first launch was like three, $4,000. And then the later launches have been more in like the five, six figure category, which is incredible. Congratulations, by the way. Um, but you know, what's been kind of the evolution, like what are some activities that lead into that launch for you in a marketing capacity?
0: Yeah. So first to answer like the first part of your question, something, um, that I do talk about in my online course Academy, that's really a really great way to validate your online course idea before you spend the time working on it is something called pre-selling. So basically what that is, is like, say you think of your course idea, And you're essentially creating the entire launch around that course idea. And maybe you have like a couple lessons done, um, but that's it. And you are selling that. Basically, you're selling... This is my course idea. When you enroll, you're gonna get, you know, these three lessons, and then the next module is going to come out this date or you know, whatever you decide. So it's not you're not being deceptive, you're being really clear that like the entire course is not available yet. This is when it's going to be available. But basically you're selling that to make sure that the idea sells um, and you're making you're, you're you're going to sell and make money from it and it's worthwhile to spend your time and effort building out the rest of the course so that is something that can be a really effective way like especially if you are new in your business or you've never really sold anything online before or you're not even really sure what your audience wants that's a really good way to make sure that you don't waste a lot of time and energy on something that you know flops um so and another just quick thing I was gonna say about pre-selling too is I think it really depends on like your personality personality type. So if you're the type of person who I don't know if your audience is familiar with like the four tendencies, but if you're somebody oh, who needs yes. okay, <laughs> if you're somebody who needs like that outside accountability to get something done, I think pre-selling is a really, really good option because once you have students waiting on you, you for sure like you have a reason to get your course finished. I-
1: You're speaking to two obligers here. We're both like, yes. So
0: that might be be a good option for you guys. I am a rebel. And if I have a deadline, it stresses me the fuck out. Like I can't, that Mm -hmm. would just drive me, it would make me like wanna do the exact opposite. So I don't personally do that, but it can work really well. Um, And then Mm -hmm. in terms of like, once your course is ready, getting it out to sell, I mean, there are a lot of different- methods for promoting. Um, so I'll just kind of go through a couple of them. And then if you guys have specific questions about any of them, just let me know and I can talk about them. Um, I, I personally love doing like webinars or live trainings. So that, um, that is normally what I do in my launches. And so basically that's just, I mean, I'm sure pretty much everybody listening to this has been on some sort of webinar before, but it's pretty much just like a 45 minute ish live training where I'm introducing my story to you and teaching something really specific as it relates to the topic of my online course. And then at the end, I give people an opportunity to enroll usually at like a special price or there'll be some sort of bonus um, involved in that. Um, in addition to that, I also do a sequence of emails that are going out to my email list. So again, this is why having an email list is so, so, so important. And you want to be building that up before you launch your course, because you, you know, you want to be warming up these people, getting them prepared to buy your course once it's ready. Mm -hmm. Um, so sending out a sequence of emails to them. And obviously I outline, you know, what to say in each email and all of that kind of stuff inside of my courses. But, um, the main thing about launching that I really want to drive home to anybody who's thinking about creating an online course, whether you're doing like an open close launch. So for example, like the doors close in five days or you're doing, um, you know, there's a, a price promotion and the price is going to go up in five days or something like that. Whatever you decide, there needs to be some sort of urgency. There needs to be some reason why people get off the fence and into your your course. So if you just have, let's say your course is $500 and you just have it on your website all the time, no one's ever really going to have a reason to buy it. Even if they want it, even if they're perfect for it, they're going to just be like, oh, I'll, I'll buy it later, you know? Um, so Mm -hmm. I think including some sort of urgency, and there are so many different ways to do this. You could do limited spots available. Like if you are, let's say giving one-on-one support to all the people that, that enroll, you probably would want to cap the amount of people that enroll. Um, but otherwise you could do like a price promotion. The first 10 people that enroll get something, some special bonus there. I mean, there's just so many ways to do it, but definitely urgency if you want to, um,
1: urgency or incentive. Yeah. yeah. Mm Mm-hmm awesome I love that that makes a lot of sense because I think that as a consumer there's so many opportunities to buy so many different things I think that's part of the brilliancy in some of the, like the retail um, email marketing that you get things like you know you know free shipping for such and such time mm-hmm. and and you you guys know we don't get one email we get several sometimes in a day when that's a thing and it's like sometimes you can't really over communicate in some ways and that whole mentality of like, the drop in the river thing is, you know, cause I, I find that most people I talk to when we're talking about business and things that they want to accomplish, they don't, they, they don't communicate enough, you know, communicate often enough or, um, um, with enough urgency. It's just like, if you want to, you can buy it. It's on my website. I'm like, no, yeah. you, you tell them you need it right now totally and I I get it because the thing is and I still feel this way so
0: don't feel bad if this is you but like sometimes you even feel a little bit annoying like I when every time I'm sending out launch emails which usually I have at least one going out every day of the launch and then on the last day of the launch I'll sometimes do two I'm like oh my god like I feel like I'm annoying people but at the same time they opted into your email list because of something related to that topic. So they are interested. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're just spamming people. They opted in, right. if they want to unsubscribe they can and sometimes that happens and that's okay. Um, but yeah, over over communicating, you have to really remind people and I'm sure you guys have heard this statistic of like people need to be, you know, they need to see your offer like seven times or something like that before they're mm-hmm. ready to make a purchase. So it's about kind of just staying consistent and reminding them what you're offering and the value of it mm-hmm. for
1: them. Yes, ma'am.
2: I love that. Well, I mean, as far as the marketing efforts go, I think, I don't think we, we this would be like a whole nother episode as far as like mm-hmm. list building and all of that. But what are some of the beginning steps to be able to kind of market this online course and bring people into an email list? Just early, early adoption of that.
0: Yeah. Like how to, how to get started with an email list.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: I think, and this is also another kind of micro way to sort of test out your future course topic is create a mini offer, whether that, I mean, it can be simple. It could be just a PDF. It could be a little mini video. It could be, um, a small lesson from your course that you plan to make, or even just like a five-step guide on like how to do something and have that be a free resource that people can, um, down like download and get onto your email list from. So Mailchimp, mm-hmm. ConvertKit, there's so many different like mail um, email marketing platforms that you can use to get started doing this. But that's a good way. If you see like, if you see that you have a lot of people signing up and a lot of people that want this free resource from you, that can also be a good indicator of um, a bigger picture, a bigger strategy that you could turn into an online course and then. Um, offer for a fee not just something paid Mm. so that's another good way to test it out but yeah highly recommend if you haven't started building an email list yet definitely get started and, and just try and think about to. I mean the way that you position it so sometimes I see people saying things like join my newsletter at this point we're all pretty bombarded with information. So people need a good reason to get on your newsletter. So try and position it a little bit sexier than that. Like, what do they want? <laughs> How can you solve a quick problem for your ideal audience? Um, what is something that's good enough that you would opt into an email list for? I like to kind of turn this back on yourself. And Like when I'm making a, a training or anything like that, I'm like, what is something so good that I would sign up for? Because if you wouldn't
2: personally sign up for it, like your audience probably won't be behind, like giving away some of your best stuff Mm -hmm. for free. um, So that you can kind of bring people into the fold. And that for me, I'm with you. Like that opt-in has to be really juicy. Like, some sort of like, let's say you're selling like an online course, like I want uh, mo- one module of your online course academy, or I want, um, you know, a PDF of like, here's how to get started. And here's like a list of resources to start looking into, you know, those things that are kind of complementary to what you're doing but that also kind of test out and allow you to add value without much risk. And I think that's a really cool way to kind of flesh it out.
0: Oh, totally. And if you guys don't mind, I actually have um, one of my free resources is one module from my online course Academy. So if your audience wants Amazing. that, I can, I can give that to you guys. Absolutely. So you guys can, I mean, not only just go through it for yourself, but you can see the amount of free content that's juicy enough to like really get somebody onto your email list.
2: That would be amazing. We'd love that so much. I know our audience would too. That'd be great. And I think, I mean, a really smart way to just dabble and see how someone markets an online course is to sign up for their list for their online course and Mm -hmm. see what they did. I remember years ago, I, I actually did release like kind of an online course like back in the day, but it was like a free, but more like a free webinar. And I marketed that free webinar for NTPs who wanted to become beauty counter consultants and walking through all of that with them. And I literally figured out how to create the webinar by signing up for a webinar that Amy Porterfield did. And I was like, I'm going to just do what you're doing and apply the content differently. And I think that's such a good observational stance to take too, is like, if you're interested in creating an online course, like sometimes, I mean, obviously- the resource of having someone tell you step-by-step this is how you create an online course and buying that course, number one, for sure. But number two is like buy some other online courses and see the way that Mm -hmm. they're structuring things. See what kind of platforms they're using. You know, take it in as kind of observational information and, and research and then also kind of better your business offerings based on what you're learning there. So like take someone's list building. Oh, wait. Amy has an, a list building one as well. <laughs> yeah. So we'll definitely, we'll direct everybody to all the freebies that you offer with, with each of your online courses in the show notes for sure. Cause I think, I mean, all of your freebies valuable, are always really. just like insanely valuable well, um, thank you. and getting kind of those little mini pieces of the course or what, I mean, like, I don't know about you guys, but every time I've opted into an online course or buying like some sort of project, it's been from the email. It's from the mm-hmm. email every time.
0: I'm, I'm the same way. So I'm curious if, uh, if like everybody is like that, I think probably for the most part. And that's kind of why I, even a lot of people think that like they need the swipe up feature on Instagram before they can sell anything. And I'm like, nobody really buys from that anyway. I have it
2: and I don't <laughs> even use it very much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean like you could, you could send people to your email list from there, but even if you, even if you're linking to like, say your course from there, again, most people are not going to just see that the first time and be like, purchase, you know, they need to be reminded about it but I think I think your point about just looking at what other people are doing and what's working well and, and continuing to be like a student of mm-hmm. you know a online business I think is just so so cool and obviously because this is changing all the time I mean this mm-hmm. this field is always always changing and growing and if you can find or look at like I was talking about before maybe there's somebody else who is in a similar niche as you or has launched a similar course topic just like see what they're doing not to copy it but just see maybe especially if they have a big audience and like what kinds of methods are they using are they using an email list are they doing webinars um what seems to be working well um and then of course like put your own spin on it make it your own um because that's how you're going to stand out from other people in your niche
1: I think inspiration without judgment can be so powerful as long as we take, come at it from a place of like inspiration and creativity and um, just kind of wonder. I, I think it, it. there's a huge majority of the population that can go to other people's content and go, I could never do that. And you're like, whoa, OK, back it up, sister. Like, you don't need to do it exactly like that. Just take, what you, take it from a standpoint of like, oh, I really admire that. Why like can I do something like that or can there be something similar to that or I mean when we started this podcast I, I knew that I was going to be producing and I was going to be doing a lot of the technical stuff behind the podcasting but I'd only listened to maybe a few podcasts um, at this point and I so I didn't really know what I wanted our sound to sound like like what was because really when in podcasting your branding is your sound right. And so I was like, okay, I don't really know. Like there's so many options. Like sound is like everything, right? And so I really dove into all the podcasts. I mean, I listened to all the different kinds of podcasts and fell in love with a few and found ones that I love. And it's been fun listening to them, taking in their content over the years, even, and seeing how they're evolving and changing and then what that can mean for us. Um, And I think that, I think it's wise to stay connected with not a place of self-judgment. You know what I mean? It can get really nasty when you start doing that. Well, I
0: think that's a really good point too, because there is such a fine line between like looking at what other people doing for inspiration. And then if it's causing you to feel like, oh, like I need to do it like they're doing it. I need to change my website now because mine doesn't look like theirs. Oh,
2: if you I know, have we not all gone through that? Because even
0: recently, I'll have to tell you guys, even recently with starting my own podcast, I've had to stop listening to other people's podcasts because immediately I'm like, oh my God, I love what they're doing. I need to do that. And it's like, no, (laughs) do it your way that's what makes you you and makes you different and makes you unique so i think you just be really aware of the thoughts that you have um, if you Mm -hmm. are consuming other people's content because i think it can get to a place where it's like not helpful anymore so if it is to that place just like stop looking at other people's websites stop listening to other people's podcasts if you need to like whatever it
2: is
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah. put a limitation on it i
2: think also you know (laughs) this is where like the the creative time of you literally creating the resource that you're the online course whatever it is has to be separate from like the research and the observation there's a reason why all of this stuff kind of comes in stages. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are in that research space right now. If they're thinking about creating an online course or looking at what other people are doing, they're kind of thinking about what their audience needs, or maybe they need to start thinking about what their audience needs a little bit more. <laughs> um, but they're moving into that space. And I think it's really tempting to continue to have your finger on the pulse of what's going on for all of these other content creators. And I think that that really is the mistake. It's like, okay, no, no, no. There was a time, yes, to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to turn that off and focus on what you need to do and focus on what if you're podcasting what your listeners need if you're creating a course what your your students need and going from there and I think that's just a message for all sorts of creative content creation out there Um, Mm -hmm. and getting out of that how space like we've talked about in the past and into the what you know and allowing yourself to figure out what that looks like for you and for your audience which is absolutely huge so
1: I have a quick question for you. That's a little bit of a sidestep, but same topic, but it's a selfish, like, I want to know how, what this is like (laughs) for you. How, and this might feel totally out of, you know, North, but how did you deal with different time zones? Cause I know that you travel the world and I know that you like carried this business that you've got going in, um, probably what some people might view as stressful, but like what was that like for you dealing with all the different time zones as you like moved through them and building your business? Did you find roadblocks to deal with? Like if somebody wanted to do something what you're doing, what was that setup like for different time zones and customer service and launching and
0: Well, I'm glad that you asked because the great thing about having yeah. an online course is that like you can work on it whenever you want. Um, Mm -hmm. so I honestly, I had a lot of friends while I was traveling mostly in Bali because that's like a big, a digital nomad, like hub. A lot of my friends were waking up at like 3am because they had client calls and I'm like, fuck that. Like I would not do that. Oh my word. I know. I'm like, I'm not (laughs) doing that. I'm, I'm sticking to my normal hours of like what, eight to two or something where I'm working. But (laughs) I think that's the great thing about having an online course. I mean, it doesn't really, you can work on it whenever you want. Um, if you, Mm -hmm. if you're selling it, like I pre-schedule my emails so That they're going out like in a normal time for like most people that are in the US because that's where most of my audience is, um, and I mean, that's. I honestly just making
1: sure that you're yeah stick to it yeah yeah
0: I didn't really run (laughs) into a whole lot of problems the only thing I would say is like with webinars those were a little bit tricky because I was doing them live at the time um so I wanted to make Mm -hmm. sure like they were at a time when most of my audience would could get on so I think sometimes in Bali I'd be doing webinars at like 11 p.m but that was Mm -hmm. like the only time that um it kind of like threw my normal schedule off
1: (laughs) that's my sense I'd be the same way I'd be like my circadian rhythm means a lot to me then like (laughs) totally
2: Well, and it's it's that thought process too of like you chose the lifestyle of freedom. Don't put yourself in a position where you're taking that freedom away from Mm -hmm. yourself. Exactly. So I think another thing I've heard you talk about, too, is kind of redefining that one on one client relationship where you've kind of shifted to using something like voice messaging on a platform like Boxer instead of working with clients directly in a scheduled phone call. And then that's another way to kind of address that, being able to, you know, not only work from wherever, but also work at any time you want to. um, Yeah. Yeah. and, And be able to just lean into that.
0: Absolutely. Well, again, so I was always, I'm very, and I still very have like really strict boundaries around one-on-one clients because I don't want, like at this point, it's just, I don't want to take one-on-one clients in the traditional sense of like, we're meeting for an hour. However, I still want to help people one-on-one who want it. So what I did a couple, maybe even a year ago now is I was like, okay, how can I listen to my audience because they're they're asking me for one-on-one support. How can I give it to them in a way that still protects my energy and my boundaries? And what I decided on was using Voxer so I would have Um, which for anybody who's not familiar Voxer is just like a voice messaging app so I can voice message them and whenever you know my client gets to it they get to it and then they can send it back to me um, on like a monthly subscription so they were paying monthly and we would just communicate you know the times that worked best for us it's kind of like a walkie-talkie sort of situation Um, and that way I could give them personalized feedback on my own schedule and same with them so obviously it's Really outside of the box from normal one-on-one coaching, but that really worked for me. And I found that like just being honest and upfront about the fact that like that was the way that you could work with me if you wanted to, um, people were cool with it. I mean, I think a lot of times we think like, oh, I've never seen this done before, so I can't do it that way. It's like you can do whatever you want. This is your business. You can make it fit you and your personality and your energy, and and make it exactly in a way that feels good for you and is going to be unique that way. So,
1: I've seen that a lot, talked about a lot in like this, this whole quarantine situation is is like be really vocal about, Hey, I'm open for business here, here, and here, and here. And this is how you can interact with me. And and I've seen some advice that I think is really wise where it's like, we kind of might need to over communicate of like, this is the ways that you can interact and work with me. I am open for business. This is how, You know very concisely like these are the avenues of how you can work with me and i think that uh, you can't really over communicate that because people need that reminder of like i do take on -on one-on-ones through voxer Mm -hmm. you know or and then you can also engage my content and here and here and you know so i think it's i think it's wise to be able to put that out in the universe and during this time frame because there's just so much information
2: yeah well, it might be kind of out of the box but i also think i mean you're still the people are getting questions asked in a timely manner And answered. And, and it's so much more approachable for the client than emailing, because that's like a whole nother platform. And I think one of the things that we don't think about enough is that often the things that create time freedom for us also create time freedom for our clients, for example, like using Voxer for one-on-one, so that could be a really interesting way to like transition your client base. If you're seeing clients one-on-one and doing phone appointments, the next client you take on, tell them you're not doing phone appointments, or you're doing Voxer instead, and just see how it goes and kind of move people over. Um, but I think another piece of that too is like you know if you're offering online courses, like y- you're creating ease because you're getting to you know create that content in the pockets of time that you have. And when it's done, it's done. And obviously there's always edits and polishing and updating to do, of course, right? But now you've created this beautiful residual income. We've also created a resource that someone can consume whenever and however they're ready from wherever, you know, it's, it's, I think we, a lot of times think that like our freedom as a business owner has to come mutually exclusive to the freedom of the consumer. And I think a lot of times when we kind of adjust our approach, people think, wow, that's really refreshing I don't have to have a scheduled call. I can just ask a question right when I have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't forget it. And I get it answered in a you know a safe amount of time. I think, I think it's genius, frankly. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it's so. also, I mean, as you were saying that, I was thinking too, I mean, for some people, because I know a lot of people are not like me and actually really enjoy the one-on-one um, interaction. But like one-on-ones or that Voxer coaching is also a great upsell from your online course. So maybe your online course is kind of like the prerequisite, to like everything, everything that you feel like a broken record taking clients through, put that in your online course and then you can still work with them, you know, in a one-on-one setting, but that's, you know, an additional cost because they're getting your one-on-one time. Um, So again, like you can make it whatever you want to fit you and exactly how you want your business to be.
2: Yeah. And when you have that evergreen content where people are learning all of those basics, you're not having to reiterate the basics in that one-on-one coaching. You can go so much deeper. And further Mm -hmm. and really help them create something really incredible either for their health or their business or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So I think that's amazing. So awesome. Well, Amy, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate your time so much and uh, tell everybody like what you're working on right now, where we can find you. I know I noticed online course academy is not open right now, but if people are interested, how do we kind of opt in and learn more?
1: Yeah. So I have
0: a lot of, I have a quite a few different courses at this point, no matter where you're at, whether you're just starting your business, whether you wanna go an email list, whether you wanna build a course. Um, so just head over to my website, rebelnutrition.com, and you'll, there's tons of free resources on there for wherever you're at. Um, I'm actually even working on a new course right now. So that should be out maybe in a couple months, um, all about passive Ooh. income. So that's really exciting, but hey. yeah, you can also, I also just love chatting with people. So if you want to send me a DM on Instagram at rebel nutrition, I'm happy to like chat with you on there, answer any questions that you have. So. Yeah. Cool. Thanks so much for having me.
2: And yeah, yeah, yeah. online course coming. academy is
0: not open right now, but it opens usually twice a year. So um, if you go to my website, there's a VIP list on there too. You can get on there and be the first to know when it opens again.
2: And you'll get some mini lessons yes. when you do. Yes, so will. get on it, people.
1: <laughs> Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.